Welcome to Philoraptor, a podcast about refocused curiosity. I'm Bobby Gauthier. And I'm John Dutton. And today, we have a very exciting, not word, but a couple of words. Yeah, because we said when we were talking about uh, doing this podcast, we were going to have words where we, uh, we call it refocused curiosity, right? So we're looking at words uh, through different lenses to see if there are different meanings to those words. And that could also include phrases, proverbs... Questions. Yeah, you're getting carried away now. <laughs> we'll see. Let's just say terms that could have more than one word in them. And today yeah. is one of those terms. And it's not snacks. Still waiting for that one. Yeah, you're going to be waiting until you're very, very hungry before we do snacks. Maybe a, maybe a Christmas special or something. But let's talk about this snack of a phrase. Stream of consciousness. And the reason that we were discussing it in the first place is because there's an interview by Paul Simon. For those of you who don't know, the Simon in Garfunkel and Simon, <laughs> as I like <laughs> I to call them. was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the lesser popular of Simon and Garfunkel. Right. An interview on the Dick Cavett show in 1970 where he talks about the song Mrs. Robinson. But I'm sure the young generation, Gen, knows Gen Z knows that probably because of TikTok or something. It's probably no, from something. American Pie. That's not the young generation. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> um, That's where everybody knows Eugene Levy from, too, right? Yeah, 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 sure. And, uh, you know, the song Mrs. Robinson, he's talking uh, on this late night talk show about how he wrote the song. It's a little bit convoluted as the story goes, but the final version of the song, he just made it up as he went along, the words. Mm-hmm. Literally just, where did you go, Joe DiMaggio? Like, for some reason, that popped out of his head. So he called it stream of consciousness. And that's kind of what got us discussing this. Yeah. Uh, So I really think the stream of consciousness is just writing. Like, I understand there is a certain style. Like, I've tried to read Ulysses by James Joyce. It's garbage. There's not even, there's no paragraphs. There's no, like, periods. There's no chapters. When you say garbage, because I haven't read it, although it is sitting on my bookshelf, <laughs> as I suspect is the case for a lot of people. I probably shouldn't call it classic garbage. It's, it's classic garbage, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, so it's a very interesting case, because if you think about the style of writing in the 19th century, there would be chapters, paragraphs, a plot, sentences, a sentence structure, mm-hmm. whereas Ulysses is just James Joyce writing. Mm-hmm. It's from the quote-unquote narrator, and he writes. He writes everything he thinks. And the reason you brought this up is because I assume it's a paradigm of stream of consciousness. It's If you like study what stream of consciousness writing is, mm-hmm. Ulysses is almost like your base. Mm-hmm. Also, Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. I was just going to say Virginia Woolf because I have read Virginia Woolf. So, she, so, right. So, this is the same. This is a kind of modernist literary uh, era where, where part of the modernism was stream of consciousness just like in painting like cubism was a modernism thing and mm-hmm. I this is a very vague that don't you know look this up for yourselves listeners because like uh, we're not uh, well, I know literature of, professors or anything so stream of consciousness isn't 
a literature professor's domain. It's Mm -hmm. a philosophical professor's domain. It comes out of the late 19th century philosophy. Like, same era of Charles Darwin is when stream of consciousness comes about. But these books are already written. So they're used as examples to explain it. Like, for example, I think it's in Ulysses that, like, there's a part where he walks into a building and the word is just cold. Like, walking into the library cold, and then he carries on with his thought. Because the same way that you would walk into your house one day and go, oh, it's a little chilly here, mm-hmm. and that would be in the back of your mind, this is the excuse for, oh, it's stream of consciousness. Right. When I listened to uh, Paul Simon talking about his writing process for that song, and he talked about the stream of consciousness, what it made me think was that it's more like stream of unconsciousness, because he had no idea what he was doing. If it was conscious he wouldn't be he'd be singing about whatever he was was in front of him right yeah exactly and Joe DiMaggio pretty sure wasn't standing there in front of him in the in the recording studio if he was what a dream day yeah okay but like or maybe he was he was in the recording studio half an hour before and that's why he's like, where have you gone Joe DiMaggio because he was getting ready to sing to to, to Joe DiMaggio but he'd gone gone away <laughs> I was gonna say where did he I was going to say buggered off, but that was just, I thought that was far too English. So, so your perspective on stream of consciousness is that it's garbage? <laughs> I'm going to not necessarily take that back. I don't enjoy it. And right. I also think it's ludicrous to call something stream of consciousness. Well, so do I. So that's why, that's what I'm, I'm getting at to. The stream of ludicrousness would be a better phrase, right? Well, I think you're like on the nose with stream of unconsciousness. But, like, have you ever sat down and tried to just write what you're thinking? No, I haven't. And, and I must admit, I'm much more of a... When I do write fiction, mm-hmm. I maybe I, I perhaps overthink it more than I should. But, like, I'm very, very, very conscious. And it's not a stream. Yeah. So I feel the same way. Like, whenever I sit down to write, even if I try and do an exercise where I'm writing whatever pops into my mind, you're so absurdly conscious of it. Mm-hmm. So I understand the idea of... You're going to sit down for a couple hours and write your stream of consciousness. But if you have a character in mind and you're trying to write from that character's perspective, mm-hmm. it's so absurdly conscious that I don't think it deserves to be belittled by the word stream. Right. So we agree that this phrase is a misnomer, that it's not be it's not really used how you would think it should be used. Because it's not really conscious mm-hmm. at all. And if it was, you couldn't do it as a stream. Exactly. Like if let's say it's your interior monologue. Mm-hmm then it's so conscious that it's not like it just naturally flows out of you. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to take what you're thinking and even form it into a sentence. So to write it down is incredibly right. difficult. Right, right. And the reality is we've seen this in like the Beatles documentary or, or interviews with Paul McCartney or something is that musicians, especially from that, I guess, singer-songwriter period, because obviously com- complete contemporary of Paul Simon, all the Pauls, it mm-hmm. turns out. Every Paul. Paul McCartney, you know, uh, yesterday it was called Scrambled Eggs because he just had to have a rhythm and some words that popped into his head after probably doing some drugs or something. And that has nothing to do with consciousness, right? Well, I think a better example is, have you ever woken up and had an idea or a thought? Yeah. And you have to record it so quickly because it's going to escape? Yeah. I think that would be stream of consciousness. Yeah, that's that would be, yeah, that potentially. Yeah. And I think that's the closest set non-musicians, non-artists, non-writers can get to that form of brilliance. Because I will say, like, the end of the day, Ulysses is a classic for a reason. Virginia Woolf is very famous. And Paul Simon made one hell of a career. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks to Garfunkel. Yes, of (laughs) course. 
not Chevy Chase in that one music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there is merit behind like the brilliance of it, but I just don't think that merit has to do with this natural flowing brilliance that comes out of them. Yeah. Okay. So so we agree on this. It's not a flowing brilliance. It's a kind of randomness that happens to to resonate somehow, especially if you're already famous and you have uh, the ability to just record that stuff and put it out and there. say whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. All right. So so we're, we're done with uh, Garfunkel and Simon and yeah. uh, McCartney and Lennon. Um, maybe we'll come back to those guys at some point. All right. Well, this was cool. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody. And if you have any comments... Or questions. It's all part of the conversation, the faux rock to conversation. Uh, you can send us an email and all the details for where to reach us are in the show notes. And if you ever want to tell me that stream of consciousness is not garbage, I'll be willing to read about it. We would love to hear your streams of consciousness. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye.